Welcome to Blurred Culture Issue Number Ten. Hey, you guys. Yes. Is the new black? I'm Troy, and I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Ethan. You better call Ethan with the good hair. <laughs> and Sean. Bang bang, you shot me down. Bang bang, I hit the ground. That's the only song that needed to be in Suicide Squad, and I would have been sad. <laughs> Join us as we discuss the bloodiest topics on a bi weekly basis. Uh, this week is our Task Force Extravaganza! <laughs> well, uh, I don't know what that means. Was, uh, you know. You, you know. <laughs> Today, we're finally give our thoughts on the latest movie from the DCEU. Ethan brings back graphic novel must-reads with our first review in the section, and Humps will try to make it through this entire show without belting into a random 90s R&B song. <laughs> we'll see uh, Before we start the show Remember that if you don't like anything That we're talking about Skip ahead by checking the timestamps in the description And find something you do actually like First we will start with Planet Bugle Which is our latest news and rumors In the entertainment industry Handed to us by Perry Wright Alright so this week uh, We got a wonderful new trailer For a movie called Hidden Figures It is the story of a black a uh, mathematician and physicist named Katherine Johnson, played by Taraji P. Henson, mm. and her two colleagues, Dorothy Vaughn and Mary Jackson, played mm. by Octavia Spencer and Janelle Monet, respectively. My baby! played <laughs> <laughs> an integral and tragically unknown part in helping the United States win the space race. Uh, using their calculations, John Glenn became the first American astronaut to make a complete orbit of the Earth. So basically, this is the movie for all of the nerd girls of America, the nerd black girls of America, yes. and I will be taking every woman that I know, and especially <laughs> my niece, uh, to see that movie because this is about to change all of our lives. First and foremost, there is so much good with the trailer that I'm like, this isn't fair. Uh, <laughs> this <laughs> relates to me. For, so Pharrell did the soundtrack, and it has original songs on it. Like he did already. the soundtrack with Hans Zimmer, who is, as we've discussed but, before, yes. just the the soundtrack master. Come on, man. Team. Yeah. Like, come on, man. So first, Janelle Monae's first big acting role ever. Well, mind you, I didn't know she was acting now. Yeah. Uh, so but it, she did like she did like that movie with Outcast a couple years ago, and I think that was it, right? Um, yeah, um, um, what's my, I love that movie too, and it's gonna bother me that I can't remember. <laughs> was um, it Idlewild? Yes, Idlewild. Yes, that's one of my favorite. And that, that was and that was before she really hit it big. So I mean, yeah, I was gonna say like A, I've never seen that movie. B, she was in that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, no, I, I can't. Uh, I think it comes out what the beginning of next year. Uh, yeah. January seventeenth, I want to say. Don't yes. quote me on that, but I believe it's somewhere yeah, around. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, at least January 2017, I know that. Yeah. yeah, I'm very happy about this movie. Like, I was watching the Olympics, so I was, like, running off that high of Simone Biles and mm-hmm. all the Olympic greatness, and then that, that trailer comes on, and I was watching it with, with my mom, and... Like, this is exactly the type of movie that needs to be coming out, and I feel like I've had a conversation before on this show about representation and the type of movies that we tend to star in, which um, I I said back then that there's nothing wrong with the slave narrative or the gangster narrative, but at the same time, there's so much more to our stories. There's so many things that we've done and accomplished that we we don't fit into one or two categories. We are literally limitless. And I feel like this is what that trailer emphasized so subtly and so beautifully. And the fact that Taraji P. Henson, who you know has just blown up since um, 
Empire has come out will give this even more of a, a, a spotlight for this story, for this character, and for our culture. And so I am, to, to say the very least, very ecstatic about this movie coming out, and I feel like this will lead to a trend of movies in this genre coming out. For sure. Um, and this movie really speaks to me very personally because um, if you haven't heard the first episode of this show, you don't know this, but I actually am a black engineer. Um, and to see, to see this movie about <coughs> black engineers who are also women in a time when uh, it was hard enough in this country being black and female, but then to step into NASA and completely change the world as these women did, not enough can be said about it, and it's tragic that we have not heard anything about this story until now. So I'm so excited that we're finally getting this story being told by this just dynamite cast. I mean, Taraji P. Henson, uh, Octavia Spencer, who is one, probably one of the best actresses that we have today. Yeah, um, no. Freaking Kevin Costner's in this movie. Like, this is a, a big movie. This is not a, you know, this is not like a, a, a some B movie that's going to get Wait, forgotten. Wait, um, uh, dude from Big Bang Theory. Yeah, yeah, uh, Jim mm. Parsons. Yes. yes, there we go. I was going to call him the actual character from the show. But there's one line in this trailer that really stood out to me, um, and it's, uh, it's a scene with Janelle Monet, who, by the way, is acting her ass off in this trailer, so I can't yeah. wait to see what she does in the full film. Uh, at one point, a man asks her, if you were a white male, would you wish to be an engineer? And Janelle's response is, I wouldn't have to. I'd already be one. And that's, I mean, that is truer than true. It's still, the crazy thing is that it's still true. I graduated, uh, I'm a civil engineer. I graduated with, I think it was 80 other people my year. Uh, four of us were black. One of, the, one of us was uh, female. So, I mean, that really speaks to the limited number of, of people in this. And it's not because we can't do it. It's because we don't feel welcome. Yeah, um, I'm the, I mean, I'm the, last, I'm the only black person that's been offered, uh, uh, hired at my job in the last four years. Um, that's crazy. Yeah, and this, <laughs> that's crazy. This, yeah, this, <laughs> like this is sixty years after the events. Of this movie. <laughs> it's, it's so I'm just post-racial. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, I'm just so I'm so excited to see this movie. To see, I want to see what it does. I want to see it just excite black girls and make them want to do um, the things that they've always uh, sort of been told that they can't do or that they shouldn't do. Exactly. Yeah, this um, actually reminds me of a, a quote from Viola Davis, which I'm going to kind of sum up, but when she won the Emmy for How to Get Away with Murder, mm -hmm. she said that um, that it, it had little to do with talent and had everything to do with opportunity. And the Absolutely. fact is that if you give people a chance, if you give people an opportunity, then there's a much higher chance of succeeding. Okay. And so this actually bleeds on to our next subject. it all around. Um, so Zendaya is our Mary Jane. Hey! hey! Get money. Say some. <laughs> Be mad. Stay mad. I'm here for it. I'm ready for it. Let's go. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, after kind of uh, a few months of speculation, she was at first called a character named Michelle, which I was like, what? No. Um, uh, it <laughs> has been revealed that Zendaya will star as Mary Jane Watson, the love interest for Peter Parker. Um, I personally, you know... Once again, we had a, a conversation and a, a few issues back, but I wanted her to be Black Cat, um, a.k.a. Felicia Hardy. I, I feel like that's a character that you know hasn't yet been on screen, and I loved her from my limited experience with her on the Spider-Man Adventures 
TV series, but um, at the same time, I understand how huge this is for her to be the main love interest in Spider-Man. It's definitely a moment in time in history where we're seeing casting being turned this way um, in terms of even looking at, at The Flash and Iris West also being a, a black woman now. Hopefully this, once again, as I talked about in the previous segment, this leads to kind of a turnaround for film as a whole in terms of, of casting. As we've seen with, with Hollywood as it pertains to Oscar nominations as as it term as it comes to movies like Matt Damon being cast in a movie about the people. <laughs> yeah, let, I, you, know, you know what? He's he's one of my legit faves, and I'm yeah. I can't stand behind him on this one. Yeah, yeah same same, same here. It's like I I feel like it's like thou shall not pass. Like as much as I love you know Scarlett Johansson, Matt Damon, like they're some of my favorite actors. But it's like this is 2016, people. Like we can no longer perpetuate this idea of only these type of people for films that do not require these type of, of people. So um, to, to switch out a race for a movie like Spider-Man, which essentially should, should not cause an uproar for anybody, and I, I personally haven't looked into or read anything about Zendaya because anything negative as it pertains to her because I don't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. And this is like one of the positive things that I feel like this movie has going for it, which I have been um, somewhat a detractor for just because I approved of the previous Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. Um, I felt a little bit like Spider-Man was shoehorned in Avengers. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> in, in Civil War. <laughs> I mean, I mean, no, 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 you're right. <laughs> but nobody even caught it though. That's the mental part, right? Yeah, that was a uh, Fordian slip if there uh, ever was one. Um, yeah. So Spider-Man has been to me kind of on this downward trend that I haven't been interested in, but I love Zendaya, so I will pretty much watch her in anything. So I think this was a, a very good and bold move in terms of uh, Marvel's options. Dan Slott, who actually writes for uh, Spider-Man. So, uh, he had some great tweets uh, yesterday, or is it today? Maybe today, I don't know. Uh, at, w- at one point he said, heroes and great characters come in every color, and they are for everyone. There's nothing about Peter Parker and Mary Jane that has to be ru- to be white. In response to that, uh, some fool said, you say this now, but if someone like Luke Cage was played by a white guy, you would consider it racist. Dan Slott's wonderful response said, that would be racist. Luke Cage's identity is strongly tied to his race. Spider-Man and MJ's characters aren't. And I've said this so many times. It does not matter what the race of the, of the actor is if the race of the character is not relevant to that character. Yes. Yeah. You're not going to have a white man in Harlem. Like, I mean, you, I mean, you might. I'm not saying you won't, but Luke Cage's whole entire storyline and his history was very specifically, uh, you know, developed mm-hmm. behind the fact that he is a black man because it came in from a time when racism was still rampant in this country. And so, like for example, Luke Cage had to be black. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, maybe in Brooklyn because you know they're gentrifying Brooklyn, but not. Nah, <laughs> <laughs> we gotta save the bagel store. <laughs> Uh, oh, no. So yeah, um, I was gonna say to Ethan's point about Andrew Garfield, um, it's so funny because like literally we were gonna get Shailene Woodley as as just <laughs> Mary Jane. Oh, oh my God, that'd have been so bad. Oh, I mean, 
Lord, that'd have been the worst. But so, no. I mean, so let me ask you, what happened to her career though after they realized she was not going to be the next Jennifer Lawrence? Uh, she oh well, what's you know it's funny the crazy I mean it's kind of depressing. So Allegiant, which is the last movie in that I just watched that series, the other day. How was it? Um, it wasn't as bad as everyone says, but the second one was definitely the best of the three. None of them are great. Um, yeah, they're all, they're all, they're all mad at um, Alright, so Legion didn't do well, like at all. And they're, so instead of making a fourth movie, they're just going to make it into a, a, a series on TV. That's how bad the movie is. Wow, I didn't even know that. Yeah. That, that depresses my soul. That's really happened. Has that ever happened? No, I've never okay. seen that happen before. So I, just, I swear to you, I just said water and almost spit it all over my computer. Although I can't knock Shailene Willie too much because she did. She does support Black Lives Matter. So I, I would just, I'm not saying she's not a talented. I just don't like her. She's not an actress. She's not a good actress. Um, but Zendaya, you know, I'm I'm so happy. And it, it was the coolest thing about it is because you can already tell these two have chemistry. Like they put out like videos and stuff for them to hang out all the time. And then Zendaya is such like a loving person that even with all these negative attacks on her, like she's the queen of spinning someone's negativity and making them look weird for for being so um, ticked off or whatever. So it, now I'm excited for. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of honestly, I'm when I heard all the other castings that they were doing with like the kid from Beast and No Nation and Donald Glover and uh, the one lady from Orange is New Black and like just like all this like diversity in that cast and then when they asked the director why did they choose uh, to make him they make this diverse cast he said he's because he's a, he's a kid in Queens like they, they, there would be a diverse cast and I'm like that's what Queens looks right, like alright you got me <laughs> you got me there <laughs> I'll, give you, yeah, I'll give you a shot because literally in in the first Spider-Man movie, like the, there was like one. I mean, Jamie Foxx was the black person. Uh, uh, so, <laughs> so, so yeah, I'm I'm on board for this movie. It comes out uh, July of next year. July next year. So yeah, because it doesn't come, it doesn't come out the same month as Wonder Woman. I'm I'm most excited to see the clever shots that they use since Zendaya is taller than Tom Holland. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like how, when, uh, how like how when uh, Emma Watson is that her name? Emma? Yeah. Yeah, no, Emma Watson when she, no, no, no. When Emma Watson got taller than um than Rupert Grin and and Spider Man series. That's funny. No, no, no. Okay. No, 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 go ahead. I was talking about Harry I Potter. You, <laughs> I was like, I thought you were talking about Harry Potter, unless Daniel Radcliffe is in Harry Potter and I don't know about you, it. You both are um, talking and I was responding to both one <laughs> I appreciate your courtesy, good sir. Um but yes, uh moving on to more Black people in entertainment <laughs> news. Uh, <laughs> I can't be good at segues as you either. You're so good. Uh, so Frankie Oceans decided to release a visual album last night, you guys. I don't know if you heard about it. Uh, it was called Endless. I have yet to listen to it because when I <laughs> clicked into the live stream video of him building uh, the Bob, Dur Bob Durdick's fantasy chocolate, um I was like, no, nah, I'm not going to check out snippets of songs. Um, I'm happy he's back, though. I mean, I feel like R&B needed him. Well, technically, I don't... Like, Frankie is so, like, diverse. I really don't even... It's hard to... It's, it's kind of... I feel like it's disrespectful to this to put him into the R&B box. But, I mean, I'm glad to know that the album is actually... He worked on it. We finally have proof that he worked on an album and it's coming out the, the uh, way. What do you guys think about it? Uh, I feel like he hasn't accomplished himself enough to try to be the next Lauren Hill, where you like drop an album and then disappear for thirty years. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm a, I'm sort of offended by this. <laughs> <laughs> Stop playing games. Release an album or don't. Don't give me this like 
I don't know, this... Uh, you're re recording yourself building nothing and then taking it down, and there's, like, pieces of songs, and I really don't want to listen to them because it's not the whole thing, yeah. and I'm not going to sit here and watch you in black and white by yourself building nothing. Like, <laughs> at least we, you know, know, go go and make an out. Stop wasting your time on camera and go make an album. At least, at least, <laughs> at least he didn't pull a Gambino where he released an app to a countdown that really yeah, went that to was another really countdown <laughs> and then was like, oh, it's just it's not to new music. It's to a concert that you're not going to be able to go to because it sold out in the first two minutes. Oh, well, whatever, Gambino. Well, I mean, at, at least with Gambino, he's stuck to an official date. <laughs> and at least Gambino uh, has multiple albums. Like, let's stop. This playing. is also true. Yeah, um, I, I don't know too much, you know, about Frank Ocean, but I have this thing where it's like I like to look up trending topics and see what people are talking about, even though I have no investment in them. <laughs> um, and and kind of to frog jump off of what uh, Sean said, some, <laughs> there was this quote where somebody says that uh, Frank Ocean has Adele-like hype with Khalees record sales. Oh my god! So that, that, that was pretty vicious, but um, but I mean, that should have been I, a headline. <laughs> I listened to um about a, a song of it. I can see people's interest in him. Um, it wasn't particularly what I like. Once again, this was one song. Um, and you can't you know judge an entire album by one song. I mean, I hope that it all comes together. I'll I'll listen to more and have a better kind of understanding of who kind of Frank Ocean is. I was going to say, you can't judge a whole album by one song unless you're Anthony Fantano, which is the YouTube reviewer <laughs> too. <laughs> kind of everybody but like five artists. But anyway. <laughs> go ahead, I'm done. I, th I think that's really all there is to say about Frank Ocean. Just go go away, get stay off of cameras, get in the studio and give me an album. Stop wasting my time. Please. Unlike the, the, wait the wait time, this conversation is not endless. <laughs> ah. <laughs> oh god I hate you alright and I don't have a, a transition at all shut um, up we just talked <laughs> <laughs> so the, the Runaways is coming to Hulu uh, for those who don't know what the Runaways is which is basically everybody it is a Marvel comic series which tells the story of a group of teenagers who accidentally discover that their parents uh, belong to an evil crime organization oh. and uh, so they basically they run away from home band together uh, find out they have powers of their own and stuff, and uh, stop their parents. Um, it's a super cool little thing. It sounds super, super cheesy. Um, it kind of is, but it's also wonderful. It's just sort of like a different kind of coming-of-age story from Marvel. Uh, it's very different from the like the X-Men type of storyline. But uh, So basically, the series is being adapted uh, to the small screen, uh, and it's bring, being brought by the creators of the OC and Gossip Girl. Um, so, admittedly, that sounds iffy. I mean, well, the drama's <laughs> going to be good. Yeah, it is going to be good. Um, <laughs> thing, I mean, the thing about Runaways is that, like I said, it's it's a coming-of-age story, which the OC and Gossip Girl actually both do really well. If you haven't watched them, you really can't speak on them. Um, yeah. I judged both both for years, and then I sat down and watched them, and they're actually very, very good shows in their own ways. Um, yes. But the other, th the other thing that it kind of has going for it, the Runaways, is that all six of the kids in the original uh, in the original team are are rich kids, just like the the kids from the OC and Gossip Girl. So you know they know how to write for 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 people who don't have any perspective on the world. So. <laughs> it's a, a a niche market. Yeah. It, um, isn't the lead the character uh, black? Humps? Yes, he is, and yeah. the lead bad guys are also black. So oh. more black people. Yay! Yay. 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 
I mean, unfortunately, the black kid is the one who doesn't actually have any form of powers or anything. Um, he's a he's a like a tactical prodigy. So he's, he's the Batman. Like, like, he's like an Amanda Waller, more so. Okay, cool. That makes sense. That's good. Then why couldn't he be white? <laughs> <laughs> if his race isn't important to his character. <laughs> huh? Tell me that. So, I mean, to uh, be honest, to be honest, he could be white. Uh, the there's an Asian character that if they, I sw- I swear to everything, if she is not Asian in the show, I'm done because <laughs> that whole thing is soup is like dumb, stereotypically Asian. They cannot, they cannot change that. <laughs> <laughs> they can't do it. Um, I was gonna say I don't know much about Runaways, but I, what I, I did want to say was that. It's cool that uh, Marvel worked this deal out with Hulu because it shows that they're expanding to to bringing more original TV to these streaming programs. Because honestly, these streaming programs are, are getting like are getting well, pretty much are at the same level as these actual TV shows, where the quality and and, and consistency of, of them are awesome. And, and honestly, it's another superhero show that I have to watch now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm happy for that too. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm I'm surprised it's gone to Hulu since uh, you know Netflix kind of has the Marvel Disney hookup, yes. but I mean you know whatever. It also makes me think that it's not going to be in the same universe. I but just, um I mean does it matter that it's not the same universe? Yeah, I see. I, they're I, not I treating really any, they're not treating any of this like it's in the same You're universe. Right. So that you know. was stupid of me for me to consider <laughs> that they would appear in anything other than these streaming TV programs. Yeah, that's that's what surprised me most. I think was that it, it's coming to Hulu over um, Netflix or Network, um, just because this is pretty much Hulu's first foray into su- superhero comics. Um, they've been moving forward forward with their original series, which have actually been very good from from what I've seen. I watch um, Casual and and Difficult People. Oh, nice. Um, but this kind of um is a whole different beast. But I think with um, the production team behind them, that it it will probably be comparable to what we we've seen before. Um, also, to branch off of the OC in one of Ethan's famous mini rants, the OC <laughs> is um, I've been rewatching it partly because it was mainly for nostalgic reasons, and it's it's that thing where sometimes you go back and something isn't as good as you thought that it was. But with the OC, it's actually a lot better. Yeah. than what I remember it being. And I really enjoyed it. But, I mean, even if you take Seth's character, who's this this nerd who loves his comic books, plays video games, he, to me, represented that culture and time of, like, music, indie, you know, your death cab for cutie. Uh, uh, essentially what I'm saying is that he is me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I was shaking my head the entire time. I'm like, <laughs> but, okay, because, because this show came to me at a time in my life when uh, Troy remembers this. I moved from Newcastle to Middletown. Yes. And much like Seth, I did not have very many friends when I, you know, moved to this whole different place. As a, a result, the OC was really like this hollow bastion of like being able to relate to, to someone who was going through something like myself. I, of course, did not end up, you know, having a brother type come live with me who was from the streets. But aside from that, <laughs> um, we had very similar lives. And then also the the storytelling of the OC, they actually d- didn't take the easy road out. They, they dealt with um, everything from alcoholism to, to feminism to even having the parents fully fleshed out, which is somewhat unheard of in your kind of teen dramas. So all that's to say that, A, the OC is good. Um, but then this also bodes well for... The, the Runaways. California! And, <laughs> and, and actually, 
if you think about it, Gossip Girl is very much like the OC New York. Uh, oh and there is a character that is me. There is a character that is me. His name is Dan Humphrey. My name is Sean Humphrey. Ah. He is deep, insightful, and very handsome, like myself. And it has nothing to do with the runaway. <laughs> oh my god. All right. You know. We're going to have a teen drama special episode. <laughs> and so look forward to that. Oh, can we do Degrassi? No, yes. oh, we are not. I, 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 I think we no. have to. Whenever so no, we're not joy, about the cast right now. We can make Yo. it. Yo, Troy, remember when Drake got shot by Rick? <laughs> he doesn't remember when Drake got shot by Rick. All right, all right. So, yes, I'm excited for The Runaways, as I'm sure you can tell Ethan and Humphrey are with the writer behind <laughs> seeing Gossip Girl. Uh, there's no set release dates or anything for yet, but it's cool that they are in development with this. Hopefully, DC gets on the ball and starts asking for them to make properties. Because I was thinking about this the other day. Somebody put out this question, like, if HBO got a deal with DC and they could remake a, a series, uh, just have a comic, I would like, what would you do and why? Um, and I was like, it would be cool if they did The Outsiders. Um, because The Outsiders is, like, crazy dark, um, and it's, like, all this, kind of like the sidekicky kids, whatever, but they're all grown up, so it's, like, we deal with, like, drugs and sex and alcohol and being, like, heroes and stuff. But anyway... I, that was my side rant, because y'all two got side rants. Uh, <laughs> speaking of comics, it's time for our graphic novel must read. I finally got a good segue, you guys. Yeah. Uh, it <laughs> happened, y'all. So, <laughs> this week I will be reviewing Epic, Earth's Protectors in Crisis, presented by Dark City Comics. Epic is about Chris Taborn, a young archaeology major who goes on an archaeological expedition in Egypt that goes awry. After a series of unfortunate events, he unleashes an ancient power back into the world, instantly changing the face of the Earth as we know it. <clears throat> so first of all, I love origin stories. I like that this picks up um, with Chris going on this expedition, um, and he ends up finding this thing called the Alpha Strand, which gives him, as well as um, a great deal of the population, superpowers, for, for better or for worse. Um, the art in this series is, is very strong. What I like about it is, is that it's very a atmospheric and moody. This comic doesn't feel like you're kind of happy-go-lucky, like, you know, shoot-for-the-stars type of, of comic. It, it deals with a lot of truths that I feel like are a bit more down-to-earth than maybe your superhero hero fare. Throughout the comic, there's a sense of, like, for, foreboding doom, but I feel like as the reader, you're the one who kind of clings on to hope which then you kind of infuse that onto the, the comic itself. I actually like the character design of Epic. Um, even though red and black is a little bit cliche, see Nightwing's new costume. Um, <laughs> uh, and it, it feels 90s in a non-ironic way, which I feel like is very hard to do, but it's very like, you have like this like cowl and this cape is very heavy, feels almost spawn-like, but it doesn't feel ex excessive. Shout um, out to the 90s, always the best. 90s. I understood the main character from the start, which is very crucial in nailing down a, a character's voice, um, just because there are so many characters that you really want yours to stand apart from the regular superhero affair. Um, I find the aspect most compelling is that I feel like Chris like, begrudgingly becomes this hero. It's like he unleashes this force throughout the en entire Earth, and as a result, he becomes like this leader of the superhero team. It's like he didn't ask for this, and I feel like he doesn't want it, but because he feels like it's his responsibility, he's kind of like essentially shoehorned into this role. And I feel like that's a very interesting take over perhaps maybe the Superman model, where it's, oh, he's the first, he's the strongest, but at the same time, 
Superman didn't create Wonder Woman. He didn't create Flash. Like, he's just essentially another hero. Whereas Epic, he has more on his shoulders. So some things that could possibly have gone better, I feel like um, there are sometimes an issue with clarity. I had to reread certain parts to kind of fully understand it. I feel like it really could have taken its time a bit more. But mm-hmm. at, at, the, at the same time, so much was put into the, the comic that it really felt like you got a lot of information. So I guess sometimes more is more, but also less can be more if, if done right. So <laughs> overall, this is a very good comic, and I say um, check out darkcitycomics.com, um, support your local indie comic book publishers, and yes, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Dark City Chick, Dark Dark City Chick. Shut up. Little shabazzy there. Uh, cool though, no, that's, that's cool. This is our first uh, edition of review a comic. So if you guys hear it and you want us to review a comic, uh, if, even if it's not yours, you can just suggest it to us and we'll give Ethan to to do it because he's really good at those. <laughs> so, oh, thank you. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, now for Save Point, which is our video game news and review section. It'll be a relatively short one as Humphrey gives his rant on Final Fantasy XV. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so, Final Fantasy... Oh my god, I can't even say it. I'm so upset. I'm just like blind. I'm blind with rage. Breathe. <laughs> so Final Fantasy 15 started out as Final Fantasy versus 13. Yes. And it started out as that because it was announced at the same time as Final Fantasy 13. Do you know when Final Fantasy 13 was re- announced? 2006. <laughs> what? I thought that. I was like... so, so here's the thing. Final Fantasy 15 was delayed in from September 30th, which is just about a month and a half away. I was very, very excited after just deciding to give up on it. I, I, I you know, I gave in. I was just honest with myself. I said, I love Final Fantasy. I'm going to get excited about this. Well, as soon as I decided to get excited about that, the wonderful director of this game, uh, Hajima uh, Tabata, decided to delay this game until November 29th. His reasoning, while the game is complete and playable, it's not to the level of polish that Square Enix would like it to be, and it would require a large day one patch to correct that dissatisfaction. Um, so, listen, I get that, like... <laughs> I, get, I get that, you know, it's always better to delay a game to polish it, uh, because once a bad game is released, that's it. It's better yes. to just hold it until it's good um, and playable and fun. I totally get that. I support that in 99% of, the, of situations, because you never want your company to be the next Ubisoft after you release trash. Yes. Um, but here's the thing. Two months is not that bad unless your game has been in development for ten and a half years. Now, let me tell you something. I graduated. I have graduated three times since Final Fantasy XV has been in development. I have been a working professional, professional for four years. Like, what is, what is this? Like, I remember when this game was announced and I was worried. I was like, oh, man, by the time it comes out, I'm going to be, like, 20 and I'm going to be too old to play video games. Well, now I'm, we're, we're, we're getting awfully close to 30 and this game is still not here. And I know that these people are still lying and this game is not coming out. On November 29th, I am not. I, I am not. I, it's a lie, and I just I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. It's like everything I've seen of this game tells me that it is not worth the ten and a half years of, and two months of development. Like I don't get. I don't, I, all right. 
It looks like it, nah, I, nah. I agree, Sean. It does look like they stopped making Final Fantasy thirteen like five years ago, and they just started making this. Like it doesn't look like ten years of work. But I, I see what you. It, it looks like a game. It like even the even the like the clothing style of the characters looks like something that was developed in two thousand six. It looks like, so it just looks. It, the whole thing is outdated at this point. I just want to get it so I can play it. You get know, out the way. Prob- probably be lukewarm on it because it's not turn based like I like in my Final Fantasy, yeah. which is fine. I'm open to new things. But Final Fantasy should be what I want it to be, not what Square wants it to be, because I'm. <laughs> <laughs> so, I like I mean, the. You sound like the people that don't want it. Uh, that want Superman to smile, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true, and I, I don't. I don't want to be one of those people ever. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, the, I mean, the the truth is, is that this game is being developed by Frank Ocean. So <laughs> <laughs> I hate this so much. Yeah. Oh. Oh. <laughs> so my you have god. to take that into account. That's all I'm saying. Everybody's a lot. I'm just tired. I'm tired of all these liars. Stop, stop <laughs> giving me. Stop giving me release dates. Just like let me wake up one morning and the game's out and it's just down. Yeah, people ain't gonna buy it. Like. It's gonna sell just because it has Final Fantasy on the title, like they, I mean, really on, on the cover. Just they really need to Beyonce it and just be like, it's out. <laughs> they, don't, they don't have that kind of clout anymore. They they used to they they would have been able to do that years ago. They can't do that anymore. <laughs> like people are, people are just gonna be pissed. People will not buy it out of spite at that point. I will say... Uh, I'm about I, to not buy it out of spite. You better buy it. Shut up. Um, it, it was about, it was about, I was gonna say um, I will give. Japan, like Japan, does have this thing where they they look at their video games as pieces of art, as opposed to Call of Duty, where it's just like we're gonna put this game out and then release patches all the time. Or you, you mean like when they released Final Fantasy fourteen and it was utter trash, and they had to basically re-release a whole new game to to replace it. I was not aware of that, but I yeah. guess that was a thing. Um, yeah. So, yeah. so I guess they don't want to make the same mistake that they did with fourteen. If you if you uh, can tell, I'm not I'm not pleased. You're not pleased at all. <laughs> Wait, so you're uh, not happy? <laughs> <laughs> it's not coming out until next year. Um, so, so, so yeah, that was uh, before Kingdom Hearts, though. I'm sure because that's oh, never coming out. Kingdom Hearts three is never coming out ever. It's not. <laughs> anyway, All right. moving on because All right. oh, sorry. No, no, it's time for Netflix. Our reviews in TV, and if you guessed it, we shall be talking about Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. Ethan taking helm. Go right ahead, sir. Okay, so first, let's set the record straight. Suicide Squad opened at 133.6 million, <laughs> breaking August records. It's lit. So, just going to point that out. So, just so you all know, this is the non-spoilery section of Netflix and Kill, so I will be doing my best to withdraw from anything that will be spoilery. So, I, I will actually change it up a bit and, and start with um, some things that I felt like perhaps it, it could have done better. Because, by the way, I love this film, but I know that I'm sure that people thinks that I stand DC, and it's only because I do. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, at, at, at the same time, I can step outside of my DC fanboyness and um, come at it with a very kind of objective look. So 
I, I will say that its biggest problem, as many other ensemble films have, is that it 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 felt rushed. I feel like the first time I, I saw it, I I've seen it twice, by the way. The first time <laughs> I, <laughs> I saw it, um, I almost got whiplash from scene yeah. to scene. It was like a lot happening at like the very beginning, and like there wasn't really enough time to sink my teeth into the characters. If I weren't already familiar with these characters, I would have felt probably lost. Uh, having said that, a, a lot of, of films have this issue when it, it comes to dealing with, with team movies. I mean, that's why the, the first Avengers, you know, has Hawkeye pretty much out of, out, out of commission because there was no time to really, you know, take stock into who his character is. Right. Hence him having more of a bigger role in Age of Ultron. Yes. So, um, Suicide Squad definitely faced that. As, uh, aside from that, um, I will probably be moving on to the things that I liked. <laughs> <laughs> so, should we talk about should we talk about that more then? The stuff we didn't like. Yeah, let's see. Why you? Um, my, I mean, I, I, so I don't know uh, DC characters nearly as well as Troy and Ethan do. I know these particular characters well enough, especially Harley Quinn. She is, I, I stand for Harley Quinn openly and proudly. She's my favorite, uh, probably female character in comic books, and that is even more than Storm, so take that. jeez. Oh, take that as you will. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't, I, but I wouldn't say that I had too much of an issue with understanding who people were, although I do think that aside from Harley Quinn and Deadshot, um, the other character introductions were super, super rushed and just kind of thrown together. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of to, to say, okay, they're here, now let's move on with the movie. Um, my bigger issue with the movie personally was that I absolutely despised Jared Leto as the Joker. I, I, I didn't like his acting choices. I thought it was overdone. I thought that he was... Uh, I thought he came across more as like a douchebag than an insane person. Um, and I just didn't, he was every, I, so I also loved the Joker as a villain, and Jared Leto, for me, was everything I hate about the Joker, and absolutely nothing that I love about him, so, th- those were my, my criticisms of the movie, that's about it, though. Um, well, we'll, we'll get back to that in the spoilers. Uh, <laughs> so, so, um, if I had to say any, any critiques with it, I will say, uh, the third act, stuff that happened in the third act of it, I wasn't too with, or whatever, I mean, mind you, just like Ethan, I, I love the movie. Um, it definitely had its issues, though, or whatever. So I can, I can see why people weren't weren't like a billion thumbs up for the movie. But this wasn't a bad movie at all. I, I will say that. And yeah, I no, I, I dug like I wish if if anything, I wish there were more. There's a scene that they show in the commercials where everyone's in a bar and it's like everyone talking to each other. And I wish there were more scenes like that where you just got everyone to to connect and, and group with each other because there's literally only like maybe three of those uh, mm-hmm. um, in the movie. Um, yeah. and, that, and that bar scene was like, it was, it's my favorite scene in the movie. Um, <laughs> um, so I, but yeah, but outside of that, no, I, I, I wish it was longer. I mean, I, I feel, yeah, I feel like, it could have been. I feel Absolutely. like it could have got, they could have gave it 15 more minutes to give uh, certain things out. Because, I mean, mind you, it's at, it's at two hours and three minutes right now. But I think they could have got another, I think they could have got, Batman v Superman, the theatrical version was two hours and 20 minutes. So they could have got away with another 15 minutes. Of, and just inkling, like, like putting like longer scenes for certain things in. Especially for the like with this movie, I think it feel like it had to do that because, like you said, the character introductions and like you don't really get to know the people. And there were some people that I were I was really looking forward to that they kind of had their shine, um, mm-hmm. but I kind of just like with how unique that person is to this situation, I would have loved for more input on there. So, uh, yeah. but that, yeah, that was honestly all the, the bad stuff that I have. Real quick, what you said on the bar scene, I think that was so. 
without spoiling it, there's a there's a certain bond that takes place in that in Suicide Squad, and without that extended uh, bar scene, like you're saying, you kind of lose some of the impact of that. Definitely. Yeah. But yeah, no. Um, on to good stuff because I know Ethan got like a 15 minute. About that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Um, so I I feel like to be to be honest, I loved all of the actors, include including Jared Leto. Um. To me, Margot Robbie, of course, stole the show. Like I, I could watch a whole movie of Harley Quinn with absolutely no like story or plot point to her, like going from like thing to thing, because like she's able. I mean, to, that's her. Yeah, yeah, that's that, that's who she is. She's able to sell this character so well in what is a very misleadingly difficult role. I feel like this could easily be annoying um, yes. and even so so silly that it takes you out of the movie. But this is this is what I I felt. Um, about her acting choices from the, the very start, um, including her film About Time, is that she, she's able to sell these lines in such a way, and she's so, she has such conviction that there's literally... I feel like it, it almost doesn't matter what the line of dialogue is. She's going to, to sell it. Yes. Um, so, yeah, so the, the acting choices, even to me, Will Smith was a standout. I, I love him. It was so good to see him have fun again. That yeah, was why I, I love that. Thing about I love because, like, that. like literally all these movies that he's been in, like you kind of know he's like kind of just in it. So yeah. it was just cool to see him like. <laughs> he did it because he wanted to. People, like, mind yeah. you, remember with the with the break he had, teens don't know like the Will Smith we know. <laughs> so this is like cool to see like this is the Will Smith that we fell in love with when we were. Summer, we were summer, summer time. I definitely felt that type of charisma back from Will Smith. I feel like this definitely reinvigorated him. Mm -hmm. Um, This this was him having fun, and it was awesome to see them going from like talk show to red carpet, and them all just being like this huge group. And he was essentially the the ringleader, which made sense because in the film, he he is essentially the heart of this film with the other characters. Of course, he's still. A bad guy. He's still an assassin, but he's the one where you definitely root for. And like he, he has a specific code that he he sticks to, and mm-hmm. that ends up potentially becoming infectious to the other people. With once again, without spoiling too much. So um, once again, DC has great characters, and that to me is what what sells it. Even though they might not have had, not all of them had the most amount of characterization, mm-hmm. um, but even with with Diablo and that bar scene, it really hit a certain note that I feel like from, from all the fun and frenzy that, that the film had, it, it, it brought it back down. So I think it also did a good job of feeling set apart from Batman vs. Superman and Man of Steel in terms of tone yeah. while also allowing us to share this, this universe and these characters. Um, including Viola Davis as Amanda Waller. Oh my god, no one, Yeah. That. Yes. No one could have done that like she no. did that. Like, nope. what, like talk talk about conviction. She's the the queen of conviction because I mean, you, sh- I I should hate Amanda Waller, but guess what? I don't. So, <laughs> I don't, man. I don't. Yeah. So um, to to me, overall, the the actors really helped sell this film as well. Yeah, I just uh, shout out to uh, Margot Robbie and Will Smith's chemistry. It is unbelievable. Yeah. Like it feels like they have known each other forever. 
Yeah. Um, and not not just as themselves, but even in character, they still feel so in sync with each other. They mm-hmm. feel so much like they're in the same place, they're in the same headspace, the same thing. Uh, the, what's happening to one is happening to the other. It just feels so authentic, and I love it. And I, I would, I mean, I, I realize they've now done two movies together, but I would love to see more. Yes. Yeah, I mean, because that, that's like the, the the first thing I noticed about the Focus trailer when that that movie first came out was mm-hmm. that was their chemistry, and I I did not expect them to have that much chemistry like on right. screen, and that was just from like a trailer. And you um, know, she she asked him to c- come do the movie with her. Yes, yeah. I I knew that. Okay, before that was reported. Um, <laughs> <laughs> felt it in your bones. I, I, I did because I'm sorry. I I do character studies and I piece together how people react to other people, and how Will Smith acts around Margot Robbie. He does not act around anybody else. Like he bring she brings out a certain light in him, that kind of old light. I think it, it might be because of her youthfulness. Yeah, that like reinvigorates him like back to that time period, and there's this love in his in his acting choices um, that 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 comes to life when they are both on screen together. So I definitely believe that that happened. Uh, things I loved about the movie. Um, I felt like I felt like I mean, obviously in the trailers you see Batman. I felt like there was just enough Batman. Mm-hmm. It was not too much. It was not too little. There was just enough him for him there. I I liked people. People had an issue with the dialogue. I kind of thought like it. It was quirky, like the comic books were, but I mean, it's just me. The uh, the visual choices, like some of the shots that David Ayer picked, and mind you, he's coming from like like End of Watch and Fury, and like these huge yeah. wide shots where you get to see like the like the um the I mean the main villain that they fight, and and uh, it's just like he knows how to pick his stuff, and and I thought the dialogue was cool. I mean, obviously for this to be his 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 first go at a comic book movie, because mind you, comic book movies are completely different from other movies where mm-hmm. they have like this whole fan base against them. They have one, they know how these characters want to act. Like for him to do take on this thing for, for the first time, I thought he did a a good job. Right. For for me, my favorite part of the movie was that it was just such. Raw fun, like mm-hmm. it was just fun, and it didn't apologize for just being a fun. So, you know, it, it, you can you can you know try to go with a more serious tone, but <laughs> Suicide Squad was always going to be ridiculous, especially when Harley Quinn is one of the main characters. So, um, it gave me that. I I understand the complaints that people have, um, but I also went in expecting what I got, and so I was happy with what I got, and I can't wait to watch it again. Alright, um, so now for the spoilers uh, section. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. We are going to get into spoilers now. Um, so yes, uh, just so we can get into it so I don't forget, uh, my favorite scene, the bar scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that scene because one, like it was, I mean, obviously the explanation of Diablo, not even the Diablo story, which was definitely a tearjerker. Uh, as compared to what it was in the comics, because the comics is even more depressing. Uh, my favorite part in that whole thing was when Harley told him to own it, right? Yeah. Because that was like her psychology coming, I mean, like her being a psychiatrist coming back to her, like through that character. And I'm like, there's yes. no one that would be able to own that through that. So for the writing for that, I thought that was the coolest thing. And it, and then for her to go right back into jokes and making fun of Killer Croc and him being ugly, like like that, uh, that was. Yeah, I definitely want to concur with that. Just because I feel like some people might take not be able to understand Harley Quinn's character, and that I mean, you you do have to remember that she is she has a very smart intellect, and right. the fact is is that like the whole conversation that, that people were having even before this film started was the Joker and Harley dynamic because yes. there's kind of issues of, of sexism and, 
And I feel like this movie actually handled it very well. Um, In in terms of it being her choice and us not really feeling like she's this victim, she -hmm. knows exactly what she's doing and why she's doing it. And that scene, to me, solidified that. Uh That that she she told him to own it much like she she owned hers Mm -hmm. and for everybody to to own theirs. And and that's really, as a character, what she stands for. And that's actually very, very profound in a film such as this. And actually, what's pretty cool is that uh, I believe in the past, Joker has verbalized that Harley is, you know, in some ways better than he is. And I don't just mean a better person, but I mean, you know, she's superior to him in pretty much every way, except that she's, you know, tied to him. She's, you know, she feels, she feels, she needs uh, him. She, she has like, you're right, she has, they have like a symbiotic relationship, only he is far more in control of that. As Troy and Ethan are saying, like, Underneath that, she is extremely intelligent. She is ex- ex- she would be extremely independent without that relationship, and um, she is very formidable. So I, that's what, and that's why I love her because it, it's not as simple as oh, I love her. She's this crazy girl who can fight or whatever. No, you know what I mean? Many layers. Right. The, I don't. I, I like characters who have depth that you don't necessarily see on the surface. And, and yeah. exactly what she then the reason why that 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 scene was so great to me is because like they punch you in the heart. With with uh, 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 Diablo's story, and then right after that, um, I mean, the 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 Rick Flag comes out, destroys the phone, and then he and it's right like right when everyone's doing the sentimental crying thing, he goes, "If you want to leave, you can leave." And what does Boomerang do? He jumps up. <laughs> yo, I wanted him. I, that's what I wanted more in the movie. Same, like, I was me like, too. Me too. I like, yeah. Because mind it's you, great. I don't like. I'm not a big Jai Courtney fan, fan or whatever, but he like was. Dope. Like even like they didn't give him enough, but like they he was dope in this movie. Uh, to me, that caught me way off guard. Like well, yeah. how much I like every time he was doing anything. Like I I was just like sitting there like I right, keep keep talking whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so now I, I dug him. And then to, <laughs> speaking of time and people and things, uh, Sean said <laughs> his whole complaint about Joker was uh, anytime he was on in the movie, you would get ticked off. It's like, well, it's good that he wasn't that, in the movie that much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't have, have liked it. Uh, here's, the, here's the thing about that, is I know a lot of people had complaints that he was in it less than they expected, but mm-hmm. from the jump, I expected him to have a I, yeah. Role. I was I was confused when people were saying that they were expecting more, because it, this is... You know, this is about the main Suicide Squad crew. He is a character that is tangentially related, but he is not in the Suicide Squad. I think people did that just because of the how much effort Jared Leto put into the quote-unquote effort. Jared Leto put into the character, so people thought, oh, this is going to be a love. But mind you, like, he's there because Harley's there. Like, Right, exactly. If Harley's there and Joker's not there, that character doesn't make any sense. So they right. need him there. But strictly, like no one, only people, only we have a familiarity with, with Harley Quinn. Like a lot, like these kids don't know who Harley is. So you got to explain her. And if they were just like, oh, let's put Harley in here, and then and then let's also have Joker. Joker can easily overshadow Harley just because of how yeah. random in, in, he is and everything. So yeah, and, when people and also were, his 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 mainstream popularity of of the Joker. Exactly. As, as, as he's the saying. biggest villain. Like he's literally like people know the Joker before Period. anybody. Like he's the biggest, like he's the biggest villain for anything. So he's my favorite villain. Um, so if they would have done, if, if with how extensive he was doing and, and apparently all those extra things that he shot, uh, if he would have had been more things, like he would have definitely overshadowed the stuff. But I was, I was glad for the stuff that he had. Like my other favorite scene in the movie was when he went to, he was finally, he rescued her the first time, and then you had the whole scene of her running and that whole build up. Uh, yeah. I thought that, like just visually, I thought that was the well that, and obviously the Batman chase scene because. <laughs> Wait, tell me if y'all did this. When the Batman chase scene <laughs> happened, right? 
Um, and the car whips out. He jumps on the top. He jumps. He, he jumps. Did y'all not imagine it in like the cartoon form? Yes. <laughs> <I mean. laughs> in my brain, I was like, oh, that's so cool. Um, and and also speaking of kind of um, comic book slash cartoon callbacks, um, that classic Harley Quinn costume with yes. Joker in yeah. his suit. The flashback. Uh, I <laughs> fanboyed out so hard. Like it was so surreal seeing that come to life. It was I did literally not see like, that coming. Yeah, me like a a comic book cover like come to life in such a way, and, and to me that was such like a high five to the fans, like in appreciation of 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 what came before. And I feel like DC has that if people kind of look a, a bit deeper. Um, but Suicide Squad did a fantastic job to me of of marrying those two sides of of film and comic books. To to go back to Joker and kind of my take on it, mm-hmm. I actually loved Jared Leto's um, take on Joker. In fact, I liked it more than Heath Ledger's. And, and uh, you're not why. allowed to be on this podcast. Here's, here's, here's yeah. why. Well, I'm, I'm, kidding, I'm, kidding, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, 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 no. no. I wasn't, I wasn't <laughs> about to disagree with that. Here's why. Because to me, this is the truer Joker. This, to me, is his more cartoony version, whereas... The Joker that was in uh, the Nolan verse was a lot more gangster. It was a bit more kind of street crime. And for as much as I love Heath Ledger and his performance was flawless, like of that character, it 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 was brilliant. At the same time, I felt as though this was more of Nolan's creation rather than anything that was canonical. Um, and and by by that I mean like it it his characterization felt forth at, at sometimes like what irked me the most about Heath Ledger's Joker and by the way Heath Ledger was perfect I I want to, to <laughs> no no we, we get there we get don't worry, um, don't worry. <laughs> but 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 there's this scene where he he talks about how he's not a planner that he is like a dog chasing a car. Yeah. And that yeah, he, he yeah. wouldn't know what to do. It's like he literally like planned for like Two Face to like become who he is. It's like that that doesn't like that did not hold water for me. And so yeah. um like pretty much Nolan's version was a, very much a deconstruction of the superhero genre, which which was awesome. Believe me, I've loved the the Batman trilogy. I've seen it so many times, um and it's good for what it is. At the same time, like I wanted your Harley Quinns and your Killer Crocs, and that's what to me this new this new DC cinematic universe is is giving us. And mm-hmm. Jared Leto's performance to me, I saw the nuance in it. Like I I didn't see it really as over the top because he is over the top. And mm-hmm. and to me, like when he he pulled it back, like when he goes to offer his hand to the guard of of Blackgate Prison, and like he has this this, this serious face, and then. The guard kisses his hand, and then he leans in and smiles, and his reaction changes so quickly. Like it's those small subtleties that, to me, made the character real, and once again, more like the Joker that I'm accustomed to. So right. that's just well, hold on. okay. So let me let me defend my position because again, I was not a fan <laughs> of uh, Jared Leto's Joker. Uh, my like like I said before, um, Jared Leto lacked all the things that I like about the Joker. Um, and one of my favorite things is that uh, he is a likable character. He is a he is a bad guy who you almost want to win, except for the fact that he is the worst person, <laughs> probably mm-hmm. in the world. Um, and with 
Jared Leto, I, he came across to me as this guy that I was just like, oh my god, I can't, like, I can't stand you. He reminded me of like the guy at the club who hits on all the girls and doesn't realize that none of the girls actually like him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was he. I don't know. He read like some such like a, a pimp to me. Yeah. I don't, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't get me wrong. Like I'm, I'm certainly not one of those people who thinks that Jared Leto is a bad actor. I know there are a lot of those people. I do not believe that. Um, I think he's a talented actor, but um, I, I do think that his portrayal was over the top in the sense that I think he was. For, to me, I didn't, I didn't get classic Joker. I got him trying to create his, to create his own, uh, his own Joker, which of course, who's not going to want to, you know? Yeah to find their own version of the character, but to me, I did not like the character that he he became in that role. Um, yeah, so I, I actually feel like that it's actually a good thing that, that we disagree, because essentially the Joker is something different to different right. people, and even right. within the comic, the comic book universe, he's constantly changing. My kind of concept of the Joker is the, the killing joke. So mm-hmm. I, I don't really get that sense of, like, yeah, I'm, like, wanting Joker to, like, win. I'm, like, I'm like, <laughs> like underneath that smile, like, he's, like, a grade-A douchebag. Yeah. Like, that's who the, the Joker is for, for me personally. And some people see him as this jokester. You know, some people see him as the Heath Ledger gangster. You know, so it, it can vary depending on whatever your kind of perception of him is. And so I think, in, in a way, he could be even harder to, to nail down than, than Batman himself. Very true. Actually, so my favorite versions of the Joker are uh, the one from the animated series, um, mm-hmm. who was genuinely just like a clown. He was a clown, um, a yes. really, really bad, bad clown. Um, and then my other one is uh, is the the version that we got in um, Arkham Knight, uh, Batman Arkham Knight, which Ethan, I know you didn't play. Um, yeah, basi- I, I I played that. Oh, you did play it. Okay. Uh, basically, where he exists as a ghost or a, a hallucination. Uh, sorry for those who have not played it yet, but you've had a year to do it, so it's your fault. Um, <laughs> um, I just like I almost like he felt I felt safe with him around uh, when he would pop up. I, like I would be n- nervous sometimes, and he would pop up, and I felt like I had a friend. Uh, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. So, I mean, that's 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 my. So, like you said, that's that's we have our our own you know interpretations of the character. Just to rein this in before we have to split this review into two episodes, uh, <laughs> I, 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 one more thing I will say between the both of you, I can't, it's, I don't think it's fair to compare this one to Heath's just because, one, we didn't get much, enough time with him, and that's, that's, true. that's just me. Okay. Um, but so that's I can't true. say, oh, I like this more because like, Heath, Heath was just, Heath was perfect to me, but that's just me. Um, but anyway, let's get to the other parts of the movie. Uh, <laughs> I will say the one, <laughs> the one thing uh, I didn't, I mean, my, 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 my whole things like the, the third act of the movie for me didn't click too well with me um, I don't like how June Moon survived I was like she should like people died in this movie people like she I was if expecting this was, people, so this was like, a Mar- if this was a Marvel thing she like she would have been gone forever. yeah she'd been gone um, so I wish she would have been she would have been gone um, the 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 action when they were when they all had to fight Enchantress and they had like the heavy rain him like I know what he was trying to do right but like the shots were so frazzled that I could not see what was going on, and me being super duper in the fight choreography and the Batman v Superman uh, uh, fight scene that we got, and the Civil War fight scene that we got, and the Deadpool fight scenes that we got this year, um, um, I'm like shout expect- out to Marvel. Yeah, so I'm, I'm <laughs> so I'm expecting I, like my, I, my, but also this is I can't knock David Ayer because this is also his first time doing something like this because usually with his his action like he's he's done Training Day and and End of Watch he does like the close in it, like in the 
like in the yeah. S word uh, type of action uh, where you're like close and you're trying to figure out what's going on. But um, I was I would say that um, and I didn't have too much of a problem with the villain. I wasn't like you have a movie full of villains, so I wasn't yeah. like I was more focused on those as opposed to like I I understand they need a big threat. They need a big threat. Although I will say actually that kind of was a problem with me too. I don't like how all the DCEU movies ends with this thing is going to destroy the world. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I really need them to get. I get. I understand with like these big epic hero movies that they need to do that, but they gotta get away from every villain they fight has a chance to destroy the like. This like, this movie could have been a street level movie, and it would have. Been could, like, and that's what I was expecting yeah. to. Like 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 for it to, for them to say it's going to destroy Midtown City, I'd have been cool. With that, right? Mm -hmm. Just them destroying this middle city, whatever, and and then, but like literally, there was a scene where it, like the the lightning force was hitting Dubai and stuff like that. I'm like, no, just <laughs> <laughs> just keep it here, you guys. Uh, keep it local. Yeah. So that, that so yeah, I, I, like right after the bar scene, I I kind of I kind of was just out of it, and also Scott Eastwood's character, I mind you, this Wait, is just me being personal. I'm sorry. Me being this is me being personal. I don't understand why there was hype around him. Like I just, like he was there, he died. <laughs> wait, wait, no, Troy, I don't know who that. Who is that? Oh, that's okay. That was the um, Clint Eastwood's son. It's the guy who like put the bomb under Diablo, and then uh, he put the bomb under Diablo underwater, and then blew it up. Oh, him? Why was he in the movie? <clears throat> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess he was supposed to be his second man, but when they were advertising him and they were interviewing him, people were trying to figure out like what character he is. And I'm like, yeah. that's all he was, mind you. My Top three characters for me was the dude, the guard, uh, for uh, Floyd. <laughs> every scene he was yeah. in was the yo. Every I wish I'm glad he didn't die in this movie because I hope they bring him back for other things. But yeah. every it's, it's Ike Barinholtz. He used to be on Ike that. Ike Barinholtz, yeah, uh, I love him. He's he's, he's on the Mindy yeah. Project now, and, yes. and he he's hilarious. He's he one kills of my favorite. everything he is in. He's in neighbors, uh, neighbors one, neighbors two. He was he was uh, like the last person to join Mad TV uh, that was still funny. He has one, yeah. yeah. He has like he has one of my favorite skits on Mad TV, so um, I can tell her. Um, but yeah, every scene he was in, man, like when when uh, they gave uh, Floyd this the, the gun, and then he like he goes to immediately shoot him, and when he went he goes to meet Joker, and then he's like Joker scares the mess out of him, like everything he was in, he killed it. Him yeah. and yeah. freaking Zach Gordon, man. Yeah. Yeah, they're great. Um, I I definitely feel like the the big bad of the film was obviously a plot device, as they yes. oftentimes used in these. Huge superhero films. Um, <clears throat> Incubus was just kind of your surrogate bad guy, end of the world thing. Let's throw a hail mary and then beat him. Um, and it, it would have serviced the film better if if they did do a more kind of down to earth story. But I, I think how David Ayers described it was that he wanted to show bad versus evil, and yes. so in in, in, in doing so he he wanted to he wanted to show like a you know, huge supernatural threat to, for, for us to say, okay, even though these guys are not the most credible people to fall behind, like, we still are rooting for them over this ancient being who's <laughs> trying to destroy all of Earth. Um, so in that way, I kind of gave it a pass. Um, but overall, it's it's a, a typical superhero film cliche that, that even Joss Whedon has, has spoken about of his, his own film in the, the first Avengers where... Iron Man has the Hail Mary of going through the whole portal, yeah. but the the, yeah. the, the 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 trick of it with Iron Man is that 
that stayed with his character, and he ended up having PTSD, which led to Iron Man 3. And so yes. I feel like if, if, if you do decide to use plot devices, like make sure to do it in a way that's a bit more innovative and can carry through. And so we, pop, we possibly won't know this until the, the next film and how that carries through, but there's always a possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted more Katana. She was uh, yeah. utterly utterly wasted and so much potential and I hope to see her again. I yeah. well, so I will say this. I I mean I so the flash cameo. Jesus Christ man. Oh god, true. I forgot about it. Oh god. I was, oh god, I, lo- I lost in it. I fell, the freaking suit, bro. Yes. In the, the electricity suit? surging from his suit that was oh, so freaking awesome. In the suit, man. Like the who suit? asked for that, but we got it anyway. Yo, like like, let alone Ezra being in the movie, I'd have just been cool with, right? <laughs> but the suit, the suit that y'all just revealed at Comic Con two weeks ago, is in yeah. this friggin' movie. Um, that, but I, okay, I will say I liked that because of the cameos, because it makes me think, okay, well maybe Katana can randomly appear in uh, one of these future movies, or Enchantress can show up in in Wonder Woman, or or just like like yeah. like like with how they did Batman and, and Flash and this stuff, like even like them small like. Mind you, it's like literally a three-second camera flash, but I was just so hyped that he's just in this movie <laughs> that I hope that, like, with, like, like, they, like, being that they wasted Katana, that they do that with her in, in these other movies. Yeah, I mean, ho- yeah. hopefully there's, like, life beyond for these characters because, once again, DC has awesome characters that can be used in so many situations, and now that there's a living, breathing world, um, there's so many opportunities now to use characters like, like Katana. Um, as it pertains to Flash... I don't know why I didn't see that coming. It's like, because, you know, Captain <laughs> Boomerang, I was like, yeah. think, thinking back on, like, you know, with Harley and Joker, you have uh, Batman, and with Captain Boomerang, you have The Flash. Flash so yeah. in, in, in order for us to get a better kind of basis for who Captain Boomerang is and, mm-hmm. and where he comes from, it, it only made sense to include The Flash. Yeah, and then I mean now I'm really excited for um for the Flash movie because it starts filming in January, and Kiersey Clemens is Iris West. Yeah. Black Black. <laughs> Other news we Keep missed. Uh, you know, <laughs> um, but no, overall, no. Nah, I mean, I I enjoyed the movie. Uh, it's not my favorite film of the year. I, mean, I, I still enjoyed BVS a bit more of it, but it's odd, it's odd to compare that movie to anything. Like I don't want to compare it. It's such a like Sean said, like it was just a raw fun. Right, that I just took it for that. Like it's literally a Fast and Furious movie. Uh, I, actually, I actually compare it to uh, X Men, only more, more, uh, pop, like less somber. Mm-hmm. Um, just I, I got, I got a lot of the same kind of enjoyment out of it. So um, yeah, no, I, that, that's a good point. I, I, I'm happy. I'm happy that I got it. That, yeah. That, that it I, I compared it to to Deadpool just because <clears throat> it had kind of that irreverent fun. It was mm-hmm. violent. It was yeah. a, a bit dangerous um, and and silly as well. So yeah. I'm just glad it's over, so I can just stop worrying about it. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, so here's here's the thing that y'all are gonna have to do as as the DC fans of this show, y'all are just gonna have to say, you know, what anyone else thinks is irrelevant because no matter what, yeah. Marvel Marvel is always going to be reviewed fabulously, whether it, the movie is good or bad, and sure. DC will not be. So I mean, take the movie, enjoy the movie. As you choose to enjoy it, if you don't like it, don't like it. If you like it, like it. Don't let anybody else. I, like I literally came out of the theater and I'm like, yeah. yo, am I bad at reviewing movies? Like I don't, yeah. <laughs> so, I can't tell <laughs> anymore. <laughs> if I'm not like I was so lost, but uh, I've yeah. come to the conclusion that I have bad taste in movies and I'm I love it. So. <laughs> yeah. um, Here's the, the the thing, Sean. Like as a DC fan, that's exactly what 
I've, I've done. Like, as right. soon as these films were announced and it got past the phase because DC went through all these years of saying, oh, we're going to be doing these movies and then them, them falling through. So now right. that they're coming out, literally everyone in the planet can hate on these movies as long as I get them. I do yeah. not care. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but like, also to the extent of that, I'm just not to get serious, but like, they, they kind of need to be successful because I want them to have just as long a yep. run as Marvel. Like, I want to see all these other. I want an OMAC story. Like, I want. Oh my uh, god, I was thinking you. that. <laughs> oh, what? OMAC is the OMAC uh, story. The OMAC project was uh, it was a story where. Was it Maxwell Loris that did it? Um, he created this, this, this thing that could. Uh, create sleeper cells in like these uh, in any human, and they would turn into like these super duper fantastic like robots uh, awesome. that could kill that. The, but the the craziest thing about them is that they literally had the chance to kill any hero. So anytime anyone showed up, you were legit worried that this character was going to die. <laughs> I love so, that. I, I yeah, want that. I would like. I because would love. The the thing is that this was actually created by Batman as a protocol in case the Justice League ever, ever went rogue. Yes. So Batman has all the, this intel on how to take down the Justice League members, and so. Um, right. So so, uh, dude, so it's 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 sort of like how uh, Iron Man created. Uh, Age of Ultron. Yeah, Ultron. But yep. they, but you can't. But you yourself can't punch them and they'll die. Uh, <laughs> like Ultron, the bot. Because is mad easy. All right, go ahead. Awesome. Be, because also, like the the Omax, the Omax become um, take over re regular people. So if you kill the Omax, then the people die within them. Yes. So, it so like it's a, a literal lose lose situation. Yes, they have right. enough power to, to take you down, but if you kill them, you you've killed an innocent person. Yeah, so, but no, um, I yeah, I, I like like I said, uh, the movie over Suicide Squad overall, I uh, I would give it like a seven point five out of ten for me if I had to give it a score or anything like that. I enjoyed. It. I'm gonna see it again. Uh, I would have seen it yesterday, but I was just super busy. I'm I'm sticking. I'm Team DC. I'm gonna give it an, an eight point five. Um, <laughs> Uh, to to me, it it wasn't the best superhero film, but I feel like it has such a rewatchability factor mm -hmm. that to to me saves it from anything worse. I will go with a seven point five off the strength of Margot Robbie and Will Smith's chemistry and the fact that uh, DC did something different than you know the typical uh, superhero movie. So they yeah. still got pants. <laughs> oh, I don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. sure. as long as they um, make that money. Yeah, they do. Yeah. I mean, they just it just passed the 500 million mark. So, yeah. yes, and and that's why I I started the segment by saying that it's the highest record August ever. <laughs> so, say what you will. <laughs> All right. Um. Other than that, this is Blur Culture signing off. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr. Join our Facebook group and rate our show on iTunes. We are pumping out uh, these things back. We took a short hiatus, but we are back. We back. We back. We back. Uh, this is Troy signing off. This is Ethan's special shout-out to Lonnie Lowe Jr., the writer of Epic. And this is Sean. You're tearing up my heart <laughs> you. This is my early song for this week. <laughs> Even though it is basically some pop song. <laughs> it really is. By InSync. Uh, by oh. <laughs> Also, read him. Uh, rest in peace, Jack Riley. It's the guy who did yeah. the first two pickles. Um, yeah. And he was like my oh, yeah. surrogate father when I was giving it. All right, love you all. Peace. Bye. 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 <laughs>